Thank you for tuning in to the Carter Effect Podcast, where we will discuss faith, family, football, and life. My name is Nathan Carter, and I have the privilege and honor to speak to you today. So please feel free to sit back and relax as we dive into today's episode. God bless. What's going on, everybody? Thank you once again for tuning in to today's episode. I hope everyone listening is having a blessed and amazing day. I want to start today's episode by talking about the world, the very world that everyone listening to this is currently living in, the very world that has been created by God as a choice to best express his love. This very world was initially created for good. It was pure perfect. It was a paradise. But since sin entered the world, it is now a world that has fallen, broken, corrupt, and evil. This very world that we live in is influenced by temporary pleasures. It values money, possessions, fame, and drugs. It is a world that has brainwashed people into thinking that these things are all about what life is. But as the book of Ecclesiastes states, seeking these things are like chasing the wind. It's all meaningless and it leads us to feel restless and dissatisfied with life. This very world has destroyed and manipulated the blessings and gifts of God and turned into something that is not you that is now used for evil. This is a world that we live in. In the book of John, chapter 18, verse 36, it says, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. In my last episode, we looked at what the kingdom of God was. That is, the spiritual rule over the hearts and lives of those who willingly submit to God's authority. Jesus is telling us in this verse that you cannot find his kingdom in this world, which is fallen and broken. And in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 16, it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world... Love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. As Christians, God calls us to not be of the world that we live in, to not follow or submit our will to the world, but to follow and submit our will to God. The world can be defined as the earth or the physical universe, but the world that God is specifically talking about is a humanistic system in this world that is at odds with God. In the word, when it says that God loves the world, it is referring to the human beings that live here and to his children who are called to love other people. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, it says, God showed how much he loves us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. We are told not to love this world because of the world's corrupt system that is promoted by the God of this world, who is Satan. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They, un- they don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Some of you who are listening to this are in love with this world. You are being blinded. 
You are in love with sin. You are devoted to the world's treasures, philosophies, and priorities. You are more worried about being famous than being faithful. You are more worried about what someone else has that you don't have. You're obsessed with social media. You're obsessed with the likes, the comments, and the follows that you get, that you've made social media your own God. You're in love with lust. You're watching pornography, sleeping around, and objectifying everyone you see. You believe that these things are what life is about, and you continue to find yourself dissatisfied with what you're doing. So you continue to indulge in sin to feel that temporary pleasure again before it goes away. Some of you call yourself a Christian, but you curse. You get drunk every weekend, smoke weed, sleep around. You do whatever you want to do. You advertise the things of this world, listen to the things of this world, follow the things of this world. You are being entertained by the exact things that Christ died for. For those who are listening, I don't say all these things to make you feel bad about yourself. I want to warn you that there is currently a spiritual war being fought over your heart your mind, and your soul. A war being fought between Jesus and Satan. And in this war, you're letting Satan win. Now, when I say that you're letting Satan win, what I am not saying is that God has lost. Christ has already won the war for us. What I am saying is that we are willingly submitting ourselves to the tactics of the enemy, and because of our own free will, we ourselves are allowing Satan to win the battle over our own heart, mind, and soul. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present. This means that God is everything, knows everything, and controls everything, except for one thing, and that's human will. See, God decides to let man have his will to himself. This is an act of love towards us. Now, this doesn't mean that we can do anything we have some limitations, but it's one of the greatest gifts of God. This gift of free will is both precious and dangerous. See, this will has the power to obey and to disobey even the person who gave us the will. For love to be real, it cannot be coerced. If we don't have the ability to reject God, then neither would we have the ability to truly love him and bring him glory. Genuine love and genuine good can only exist in a world where there is opportunity for genuine rejection and genuine evil. See, God created a world where people could choose to disobey, and he allows people today to continue to rebel against him in order to bring glory to himself. One way he does this is that he mercifully saves some and graciously allows them to share in his glory while giving others the punishment they deserve. God does not coerce people to reject him. He simply allows them to do the only thing they want to do, which is sin. And he allows them to do it with a great deal of variety and creativity. God also does not coerce people to accept him, but he simply persuades them with tactics that cannot be refused. You have to understand that God is in control, but we, humans, make the real choices. When the Bible says Satan is a God of this world, it does not mean that he has ultimate authority. God is still sovereign. He has allowed Satan to operate in this world within the boundaries God has set for him. Satan has to go through God and ask him permission for what he wants to do. What the Bible is saying is that Satan rules over the unbelieving world in a specific way. See, Satan has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. See, Satan is a liar, 
Lying is his greatest tactic. He calls what is good evil and what is evil good. He takes things that are of infinite worth and makes them look cheap. And the things that are cheap and, and of temporary pleasure and makes them look luxurious and eternal. And John chapter 8 verse 44 says, For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. We have to understand that Satan has been around for centuries, studying us, watching us, tempting us, and deceiving us from the truth. Satan is our enemy. We have to be aware of this and realize the tactics that he uses against us. It says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Understand the words that are being used in this verse. It says that the devil walks but not runs. It says that he acts about like a roaring lion, but he is not one. It says that he seeks for someone to devour, but it doesn't say that he finds one. Those who put their faith in Christ have great hope to overcome Satan's evil. In order for us to not be of the world like Christ has called us, we have to reprogram our minds with the truth. We have to know the truth. Now, this is not our truth. This is not your friend's truth. This is not someone you may know truth or your parents' truth, but this is the truth. There is only one truth. In John chapter 14, verse 6, it says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. We can find this truth in the word. We can find this truth in Jesus, the one and only truth. We need to be active in God's word. The Bible is not just some sort of dusty book written with tons of irrelevant tales. It is used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guarding your heart includes guarding your mind, your thought, and your emotions. You become what you hear and see. The more you hear something, the more difficult it will be for it to leave your mind. We have to guard our hearts with the word of God. So my question to you is, what are you feeding your heart? What are you listening to? What are you watching? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Oftentimes you want to say that we love and follow God, but if you look at our lives, God is little or nowhere to be found. We're putting more world than our day instead of God when it should be the other way around. We wonder why we keep thinking, talking, and acting like the world when we brainwash ourselves with the world. We listen to artists who disgrace the gift of sex from God and wonder why everyone is being objectified and why we can't stop thinking about sex 24-7. We listen to artists who make songs about murder, drugs, and drinking and wonder why we're always angry, drunk, and high. We listen to artists whose songs are depressing and we wonder why we wake up every day wishing that we didn't. See, we have to understand that we ourselves are feeding our minds these things. We wonder why we're attracted to ungodly people 
when we're watching shows that promote ungodly relationships and ungodly way to be in a relationship. Women wonder why men only want them for sex in the body, but then choose to post sexual half-naked pictures of themselves on their Instagram and Snapchat accounts. And men wonder why they only see women as objects when all they follow on social media are half-naked women who seek attention from their bodies. They follow lustful sexual accounts, and both men and women listen to demonic artists who all they talk about is sex, hookups, and toxic traits in relationships. See, it is our own free will that is causing these things. We are manipulating ourselves by the world and social media. And most importantly, we don't realize that these are the tactics that Satan uses to separate us from God. See, Satan can't read our minds, nor can he be everywhere at any point. He is not God, but Satan studies us and he is smart. And if we give him any leverage, he will take that and use it against us. In order for us to improve in our relationship with God, we have to subtract the things that distract us from God and add the things that help us to love him more. We have to ask God to remove the things that distract us from him. This is a surrender. For some of you, this may be hard to do. Maybe it's because you don't trust God. You may be thinking that God is going to take away things from your life that are good. See, God is not going to take away things that are good. In the word, it says that God will take away things for your good. We have to remember that every single thing that God asks us to do is for our good and to keep us from harm. For God to give us good and to keep us from harm for us. We have to surrender ourselves to God and the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to make changes in our lives. I leave you with this. In the book of Mark, chapter 8, verses 34 through 37, it says, Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but lose your soul. Is anything worth more than your soul? Brothers and sisters, is this world worth your soul? Is that late night hookup worth your soul? Is getting drunk every weekend worth your soul? Is getting high every second of the day worth your soul? Is watching pornography or masturbating worth your soul? Is sin worth your soul? If you believe that living for the world is fun and living the Christian life is boring, then you have not found the Christian life. See, God has given us a gift of life, and if we choose to follow his will for our lives, it will be truly amazing. It will be better than anything that the world can offer. It will be better than what we think our life would be. But it all starts with a choice. A choice to live holy, pure, righteous, especially when living in a fallen, broken, and sinful world. It means being in the world, but not of it. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 8-9, through 9, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. 
Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you hear from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for all you've done. We thank you because you're our shepherd and you are faithful. You protect us, provide for us, and keep us from falling into the tactics of the enemy. You always provide for us a way out of temptation so that we can endure, and you never tempt us beyond what we can stand. So we thank you, and we give you all the praise, Father. And Father, I thank you for my brother and my sister that may be listening to this message that you have for them. I ask that those listening to this come to you with a heart of thanksgiving for what they've learned and a heart of repentance for the things that they are currently doing that is not pleasing to you. And your word, it says that we should meditate on it, on the one and only truth every day and every night. So, Lord, I pray that you help us to meditate and guard our hearts, minds, and souls on your word. That you remove anything and everything of the world that is present in our lives and that you replace it with the eternal things that you give to us. Lord, I pray that we remain obedient to the Holy Spirit and that you, that you gave to us as a gift and a helper to live a life more like your son, Jesus. And Father, if there is anyone out there that may not know you, that may not have a relationship with you, that may be listening to this, I pray that you reveal yourself to them right now. I pray that you fill them up with your presence, your unfailing love, and your grace, and your mercy, and your peace. I pray that they come to know you and truly seek you for who you are. I pray over every brother and sister listening to this that the Lord uses you to do amazing things for his kingdom. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend, family member, or anybody that you think would benefit from listening to this. If you feel led to support this podcast in any way, please feel free to do so. Let me know what you guys want to hear or any subject that you guys want me to talk about in my next episode. Always remember to keep God first, and I encourage you today to stay hungry and stay humble. See you next time on the Carter Effect Podcast.